Welcome to this episode of Disease Du Jour on the topic of talking to horse owners about vaccines. The Disease Du Jour podcast is brought to you in 2020 by Merck Animal Health. Most veterinarians have gotten pushback from owners about vaccinating horses. It might be they want to do it themselves, they have in mind particular vaccines they do or don't want to use, or they have a horse that reacts to some vaccines, or they just don't want to vaccinate their horses at all. So our guest to address this issue is Chrissy Schneider, a DVM, DABVP equine, who very recently left private practice to join Merck Animal Health as an equine professional services veterinarian. Dr. Schneider graduated from The Ohio State University's College of Veterinary Medicine in 2009, then completed an internship at Wisconsin Equine. She returned to Ohio State for a combined residency and master's program, and in 2013, she earned her master's degree in veterinary science and became a diplomate of the American Board of Veterinary Practitioners specializing in equine practice. She joined Bella Vista Equine, a private practice in Columbus, Ohio area, where her primary interests and duties included managing their preventive care and wellness program. So thank you, Dr. Schneider, for joining us today on Disease Du Jour to talk about talking to horse owners about vaccines. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm going to jump right in. So how do you recommend approaching the conversation about vaccines with most clients? Yeah, so this is a, a conversation that I think we've all had, anyone um, in practice. And it's something that um, I think if you take some time to prepare and organize, it can be a lot more effective. So there are a lot of vaccine options for horse owners, both types of vaccines um, you know, against different diseases and also manufacturers. And I think it can get overwhelming, especially if they've consulted Dr. Google. So I, I try and focus on core vaccines and risk-based vaccines and separating them into those categories, which the AAEP vaccine guidelines does really well for us. Um, and so first discussing core vaccines that every equid, and that includes donkeys and mules, which I think sometimes get left out of this conversation, but all horses, regardless uh, of their situation and their risks, should uh, be vaccinated against these core diseases. And so those are Eastern equine encephalitis, Western equine encephalitis, West Nile virus, tetanus, and rabies. And I think it's important specifically to let horse owners know that it doesn't matter if their horse never leaves the farm, um, they need these vaccines. So I'm sure all of us have probably heard, oh, my, that horse doesn't leave the farm, so he doesn't need to be vaccinated. And so letting them know that the, the risk of exposure is not other horses for those five uh, diseases, it's mosquitoes, which if you're in the United States, you are exposed to mosquitoes, um, pathogens in soil or wildlife, which are everywhere. So we know that there are clients who have specific concerns, like Maybe they want to limit the number of antigens or they want to split vaccines up because they've had a vaccination reaction. They may not think the disease threat is real or that maybe, hey, you're your vet, you're trying to sell vaccine to me. Or maybe, and we'll maybe talk about this separately, they want to vaccinate themselves. So let's let's talk about the physical problems. They they're worried about the antigens, they want to split them up. What what do, does their horse really need that? Yeah, that's a conversation that, you know, we have a lot. Uh, people have um, different concerns based on their horse's experience. If you have experienced a vaccine reaction with your horse, that can certainly be scary and might turn some owners off of, 
of vaccinating at all, um, or certainly against you know the antigen that caused the problem if we know that. And so I think asking more questions, if you weren't the vet involved with that um, reaction, I think asking some more questions to get as much information as you can um, as to what happened. And then I do think splitting up uh, vaccines as into as small uh, as possible for horses that have severe reactions can be really helpful, even if it's um, simply to find out which antigen caused the problem. Um, sometimes switching vaccine manufacturers can help um, if it's an adjuvant reaction, but you, also, you often don't know that until you kind of split things up and, and watch and see what happens. Um, and pre-treating and things like that can be helpful. So I think letting people know that there are options to the vaccine protocol and that it's not a guarantee to have the same problem again is important. Um, and then as far as exposure to antigens or um, decreasing the number of vaccines people give, sometimes you might have an owner ask you about titers. Um, you know, can we draw blood and, and find out if this horse is protected instead of just giving more vaccine? And that's something that um, we don't know a lot about in the horse. And I actually just recently found out that there's gonna be um, an AAEP guideline coming in the fall um, to give us some information about that. And I think really just to collate the information we do have and to remind us of the things that we don't know um, about different antigens and titers in horses. One of the things you and I talked about before we even started the podcast when we were chatting was the fact that not every vet is really into talking about vaccines and not every owner is confident enough to ask their vet these questions. So how do you, what kind of tips do you have about starting that conversation when you're on the farm? Yeah, that's a great point. So I think knowing your audience or trying to read the room, if you will, um, as far as how much information a client may want. Um, you also might be in the situation where you're dealing with a trainer and not the owners of the horses. And that just adds another layer of possible communication error or, um, or question. And so getting, getting the, the read of the room, how much information and detail does a person want um, sometimes you can just overwhelm them if you just start in with your whole, you know, vaccine um, education spiel. Um, but some people really appreciate the information. And so you could even just ask them, you know, let's talk vaccines. What's your, your history? What, what you usually do? Um, you know, if this is a new client, obviously, or a new um, barn you haven't vaccinated at before and, and find out where they're at. Just find out where you're starting from. And then, you know, you, you reference this is not every veterinarian's cup of tea, and that is for sure. Some, some veterinarians would rather be, you know, scoping horses all day or, or working up complicated lamenesses and, and more power to them. I think if you have somebody in your practice or can add somebody to your practice who really is interested um, and enthusiastic about having this conversation um, with your, your clients, you can really improve the care that you're offering to your patients and also open up a new revenue stream uh, for your practice. Um, you know, I think a lot of horse owners maybe pick up on that. We're not as excited about talking about a certain um, topic or if they say, hey doc, what should I vaccinate my horse for? And it's a kind of one size fits all program, which may or may not be appropriate for their horse 
they may be less likely to, to jump on board. So if it's something that you can tailor to their horse and their horse's needs, I think a lot of horse owners really appreciate that. Today's Disease to Shore podcast is brought to you by Merck Animal Health, the makers of prestige vaccines, Banamine, Panicure, Regimate, Protozil, and other trusted equine health solutions. Merck Animal Health works for you and for horses. Learn more about Merck Animal Health's comprehensive portfolio of products, as well as their ongoing investment in our industry, profession, and community at MerckAnimalHealthUSA.com. Do you have any tips for veterinarians about trying to reclaim vaccinations from horse owners who pretty much want to go just buy the stuff and or order it online and gosh, I can give an IM injection. Doc, why shouldn't I do that? Yeah, that's a great point. So exactly as you mentioned, I think a lot of horse owners or trainers think that vaccinating a horse is simply an IM injection. And that's where I think veterinarians have lost a little bit of ground that I think we can reclaim uh, by, by letting people know that it's not just the physical act of putting the vaccine in the horse that a veterinarian is, is useful for. While there are reasons to have the veterinarian be the one to put the, the vaccine in the horse, uh, manufacturer guarantees is one thing. We know that the vaccine has been handled correctly, kept at the right temperature, given at the right time. Um, so there's a lot of information behind that IM injection that I think as veterinarians, we can do a better job of communicating that to our clients. So, you know, if you have, as far as reclaiming, um, you know, some of that business that maybe is lost, or maybe you have clients that only use you for certain things, um, you know, vaccination is not one of them. I would encourage you to just ask them about it and say, you know, I know I, you know, I come for emergencies or I, I come for dental care or lameness care, you know, but what's your, what's your guys' wellness planned here? You know, how do you handle deworming? How do you, this isn't a deworming talk, but, um, you know, it kind of often goes hand in hand with the vaccine uh, conversation. So just basic wellness preventive care um, and just see what they say. And I think, um, you know, the AAEP touch program is another thing that's really helpful. And they have, um, kind of guidelines on there or suggestions on how to have this conversation too, or what has worked with some other people. Um, but I think, you know, if you, if you just are the one to bring up the conversation, that lets them know that you're interested in having the conversation. And it's something that your practice can help them with as well. So what do you do if they're, you know, you, you've worked with the owner and whether they said just give them whatever they need, doc, or if they, you've discussed, you know, we want these cores and, and these, you know, at risk or whatever. And then something happens, which heaven knows we're in the middle of something happens in this country right now, but something happens with the horses. And maybe at first they thought, well, I'm not going to get show and a show opens back up and it's like, well, we haven't given flu. I mean, how do you come back if there's a disease threat or a change that is needed for that horse? Yeah, I think that's another great opportunity actually um, to maybe reclaim some business that you maybe don't have as far as vaccines. You know, for people that are looking to you for your vaccine advice anyway, um, letting them know when a new, um, new threat has come into your area or 
maybe a, a new threat at a different time of year than you're expecting. And so you'd like to tailor or alter your vaccine recommendations based on that. You know, of course, reaching out to your clients and letting them know that, you know, whether that's a whatever you do for your practice communication, emails or, or text or phone calls uh, or Facebook page um, posts. But for people who maybe don't use your vaccine program or, or you don't vaccinate at their farm, that can be one way that you start the conversation with them. And, you know, hey, I know we don't, you know, we haven't vaccinated here, but did you know that there were some West Nile positive mosquitoes found in our area last week? And, you know, I just want to make sure that your horses are protected and, you know, let's talk about your program. And I think it can certainly be frustrating and, um, and not top on our list to have these conversations that can take time, of course, you know, with, um, with customers or clients that aren't using our services for that. But I think that's, that's the way we grow that service, right? So you never know which conversation is going to uh, bring that business on board, you know, maybe not right away, but down the road. Well, sometimes you're dealing with an owner, a horse or a few horses. Sometimes you're dealing with multiple owners in a barn. How do you go about trying to protect that entire herd of horses? Sometimes you're not even the only vet in the barn. So how do you work through that? Absolutely. So that, that's a great question. And I think it also brings up in my mind, um, you know, the, even the closed herd, I kind of say that in, in quotes because, um, you know, if they, if they share a fence line with their neighbor, you know, that virus doesn't know that it's a closed herd and that, you know, these belong to Joe and that herd belongs to Dan. Uh, and so, you know, you have to keep in mind the real ac actual risk um, of disease exposure, not just, you know, my horses don't go to a show, but that's kind of a, an aside. So um, vaccinating a, a large herd of horses in a boarding barn situation, you know, where maybe they don't even have the same trainer, like you said, maybe I'm not even the only vet that comes in that barn is certainly a challenge. I try when possible to have a relationship with one person at the farm that usually is um, a trainer or a farm uh, farm manager that doesn't need to be the one making the decisions, you know, medical decisions for, for the horses, but just a liaison to at least let people know, hey, Dr. Schneider's coming on this day, you know, do you want your horse on the list? Um, I actually, over the years, um, you know, that I was with uh, Bella Vista, I would keep a list myself of all the barns that I vaccinate at, who the contact is at that farm. And then proactively, I would reach out to them in February. I'm in Ohio. So, um, you know, hey, let's get the barn, the barn, you know, vaccine day or um, on the books, we'd get it scheduled, they put a sign up sheet up. And then sometimes depending on the barn, if it's not a barn that has a central person or, you know, there's new people or things like that, then I would reach out to individual people, which obviously takes more time. Um, but then once I have, you know, it's scheduled, then some trainers want the same program for all of their horses um, because all their horses pretty much are doing the same thing and have the same risks, uh, which obviously cuts down the amount of time it takes to make that program. But there are some farms certainly that, different horses are traveling, going different places. Um, 
And so having those conversations with people, not necessarily every vaccine season, which I think is important to remember. So you don't necessarily have to invest this time, you know, every year, or every six months, it's at least getting something in place for a particular horse or a farm. And then as things change, whether it's a new disease threat or, um, you know, the, the farm's schedule has changed or traveling has changed, um, you know, then you can tweak it. But it sounds like a lot of time and it certainly can be, but I think if you're organized um, and can kind of keep track of who you have a, a plan with, then you can kind of streamline it a little bit. And do you have any final tips since you've basically been dealing with wellness and, and working with horse owners in this type of area that might help other practitioners who that's not their favorite thing to do or they just really haven't done it? Yeah, so probably the biggest game changer for me in increasing my vaccine business and also streamlining the process has been keeping my own um, reminder records. So your software program might have reminders in place and that's great. That's definitely, um, I think, a more efficient way to make it happen. But even if your software program doesn't have it or you don't have it set up, um, having, like I said, you know, every February I'll call these people or text these people um, and being the proactive scheduler. So not waiting for for barns or owners to contact you. Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be the veterinarian. It certainly could be, you know, if you have office staff or technical staff that can make these appointments, that works too. Um, I would encourage you, if it's the first time you've talked to a, an owner or a trainer about vaccines for it to be the, the veterinarian. But proactive scheduling, I think is number one. I think people really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's something that a lot of horse owners and trainers, they have other stuff going on. They don't have, you know, vaccines or Coggins. Can we all talk about the emergency Coggins, right? So if you can, if you can be proactive with these things and um, get it on the books, trainers appreciate it, owners appreciate it, your practice uh, bottom line will appreciate it. And, um, you know, we'll cut down on the inefficient, going back to the same farm for 10 different owners or, um, you know, just streamline the process as much as possible. Okay. Well, thank you very much for joining us today on Disease Du Jour. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. I hope I get to talk to you again. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Kim. And thank you to our listeners for joining us today on Disease Du Jour and a special thank to our 2020 sponsor, Merck Animal Health. Please listen and rate previous and future episodes of Disease Du Jour on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, or your favorite podcast platform. You can follow Equimanagement on Facebook or send me an email at kbrown at aimmedia.com.